0: Hello guys, this is Death Festival. My name is Moronfolo Adisanya. Today is the 13th of January, 2022. For the sake of history, uh, let us commemorate. Let us be reminded that today is the day that the Nigerian government decided to unban Twitter after banning it for over a year. Um this is not a political podcast uh, but free speech is very important to me personally because when without free speech in the first place we will not be able to have this podcast there are people who believe that every means of public uh, speaking should be regulated and licensed by the government I don't think so I think that as as we have more voices speaking in public, we'll be able to listen and understand each other better. And maybe, perhaps maybe, people who are doing more talking will do less fighting. Words don't kill people. People do. For this episode, this will be the second episode of the podcast. Um, I started the podcast... Uh, last week again and I wanted this podcast to be a way of of having conversations and reflections Uh, but I don't want to define it I want this podcast to define itself so in this episode I'm going to uh, talk about something that I did last year which I don't do every year I started a new entirely new venture in a field in which I had no previous experience whatsoever. Let me give you the background. Uh, December twenty twenty. I was in Ibadan with family, we were on holiday, to close the to end the year, and I got interested in some artworks and visited a gallery there. And the question just came to me was, how do you set up a gallery, and what problem do you solve? And I started to investigate about that. This were during the times of the early days of the COVID. It was only when we returned back to Lagos. And I was already making, I already discussed the location of the gallery. That the Lagos state government and the federal government and all the governments came down with a clampdown on uh, public meetings and everything. However, I think the best thing that happened to the starting of this gallery was a clampdown because it allowed me to learn other things about how a gallery is being organized. The gallery actually is not a crowd business, or art business is not really a crowd business. Uh, it's not everybody that's interested. How I wish everybody was interested in arts How I wish if you call up on an exhibition, you will get a million people turning up. How I wish at exhibitions, but like Uwabe parties that are crowded. But it's not. It's not. And, and that I think is what uh, inspired this gallery. The, the idea was this that beautiful things belong to everybody, and that everybody should be able to view and appreciate it. I felt as if my mission in starting this gallery was to encourage everybody to have a piece of artwork in their home. That was the mission, for everybody to have a piece of artwork in their home. But I'm going ahead of myself. Of course, to start, I had to do some research. And that involved, you know, me getting books about gallery management, reading lots of tons of articles. I got a lot of different opinions. I got draft documents for that uh, being used to administer galleries. I visited lots of galleries. I also talked to artists that were my friend. I Eventually, I even went to the Jack of the Art market in Lekki. All this research um, sort of prepared me but uh the major, I found out that the biggest way of learning was actually in doing, because it's when you do things that you, that I, you learn what works and what doesn't so a major part of my research was in experimenting by actually doing eventually uh, with all the research I have done and with all the people I've talked to uh, we opened the gallery on the February with an exhibition <coughs> and uh that was tied to the craftsmanship, and we, at the very first exhibition, we have about 15 artists exhibiting, and we got a good uh, traction. In fact, I would say we had some level of beginner's luck because um, we had sales in the very first, after the very first, or during the very first exhibition, and that was more than I expected because <coughs> I know the process which I go about in buying artworks. I seldom buy artwork on impulse. I accept it's one time, a small piece of artwork that you buy during a tourist, uh, during a visit to a neighboring country or something, or, to a, or on holiday. Usually, if I'm buying an artwork, it's something that I look at, consider the cost, consider my budget, go back and look at it once or twice to be sure that I really want it. Because when you buy an artwork, Forget about those who tell you that art can be an investment. Really, you are buying something that you want to own for the rest of your life. That's basically the only, the primary reason you should be buying an artwork. Let me repeat that again. Forget about those who tell you that an artwork is an investment. It is not. It is not. It is not um, an investment in the sense that if you buy dollars or you buy shares, that you could sell it at will when you buy an artwork, you must have the understanding that you want to keep it for the rest of your life. And that you only transfer it to somebody else, maybe when you meet somebody who equally values the artwork, the way you value it. I'll come back to all this later. So eventually, so I I, I will say that we have some beginner's luck, that we're able to find buyers at the very first um, after the very first exhibition. And what does it, what, what did I do to create the, uh, uh, gallery? Well, apart from finding a venue for the gallery, which was the top floor of the Matter Mix Event Center at Dopemo Road, um, I also, the, uh, I created a website, arttrading.org. I was happy to be able to get that domain. I created the website by myself. I wrote all the code and everything using uh, Django Python. And I had a, I have a side business developing um, 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 websites, so I just use my own resources. Then I also created a Instagram account because um, nowadays Instagram is a key part of marketing uh, art. So, and Instagram was very influential in us engaging people and getting followership and also engaging artists. Because when artists started seeing the artwork that we were posting, more people were also engaging us. I also created a Facebook page but and a Twitter page for the, for the gallery, but they were not as successful as far as I'm concerned as the Instagram, Instagram page. I'll probably should probably do a whole episode to just talk about uh, how the dynamics of the social media works. And for example, right now where but I can just mention that right now that uh, Facebook, because they own Instagram, is trying to get people to use uh, Facebook for marketing, whereas there's lots of uh, businesses like the ad gallery that is better to use the to use instagram because it's visual and because uh, people can find you better and in my own opinion but this is based on my one year experience other people might if you have any other experience maybe you're welcome to come and share uh, of course uh, it was not smooth sailing yes i had beginner's luck but i also had beginner's setbacks um, First of all, there were a lot of people that didn't want to... There were a lot of artists that didn't want to bring their artwork to us because they felt that um, we are new. It's basic. Everybody wants to be with somebody who's already winning. They don't want to come to a new gallery that had uh, nothing going for them yet. Indeed, uh, I contacted some foreign organizations during the first six months and one specifically wrote back to say, you are doing a good job. We like what you are doing. We like to encourage you, but we will not be able to uh, have anything to do with you now. Come back when you are three years old. <laughs> I'm going to, I'm going to keep that letter because I would like to go back to them after three years and say, yeah, we are still alive now. Uh, can we do business now? There was also another artist who I contacted. I slid into his DM we had a then we had a phone conversation then we had a zoom conversation zoom because uh, this was during really the period when there was all this uh, like i said the covid affected every, a lot of things and while i didn't want to have uh, physical meetings it eventually was necessary to have physical meetings with people to move things ahead but this guy was you know he used the guise of the let's not meet physically to say let's have a zoom meeting and we had a zoom meeting and he promised to get back and he still did not get back. Then eventually he sent me an email saying he sent me a message, there was a message saying that um he that he has talked with people and they have informed him that the location of our gallery at Dupermo was a dangerous place and that he would not want to endanger his life or his <laughs> artwork by coming to Dupermo. And I didn't. I I took my L and moved along. It's also when Lee came back to come and say I should come and buy art for him. But I, I, it's very important for me to find people who are who will have skin in the game and who will be with us for the long run. Let me let me explain that point. You see, there are two things about people who deal with art. There are two ex two extremes. Uh, there are the art dealers, people who just simply go and buy art. Keep and eventually sell as. So that's the definition. That's my definition of an art dealer. I'm not an art dealer because to be able to be to be an art dealer, you probably have to have a lot of capital. You have to have, and you have to be ready to keep it for long. Uh, not only because to buy many uh, artworks you need a lot of capital, but also that the kind of artworks that are likely to have phenomenal increase in or reasonable increase in in their value are those ones that are already expensive. If you are going to be an art dealer, you should only be buying artworks that are already by artists that have a name that are known, that if you mention them, other arts enthusiasts will know them already. On the other hand, there is also the gallery model, in which basically you go and meet artists and you work with them and uh, the art gallery is like a supermarket and most artists or any artist can bring their artwork there and you display them on your shelves and when people buy it they don't pay for the space but when people buy their artworks you take a commission and you pay the artist that's the art gallery model now to make the art to, and I on the cake of the art gallery model is that you the art gallery is interested in building the reputation of the artist and, when, and that can only work when the artist itself is committed to the gallery, at least. If not exclusively, at least reasonably. In the sense that you want to be able to hold solo exhibitions or group exhibitions for artists. You want to get the artist in the media over a period of time, so that when you continue to... Uh, Put them, put their name out and put the name of your gallery out. One, yes, you are making your gallery more popular, more well known. But two, uh, you're also building the brand of those artists. And it's, you know, it's, this is something that's, it pays both the gallery and the artists for them to work together to build their brand. So, I was looking for people that will work together on that kind of model. Obviously, there are artists who believe that they can manage their own brand by themselves and who actually don't need a gallery. I will be the first one to, um, to say that is okay. In fact, it's, it's, instead of even having a partnership with a gallery, I think artists who know their onions and who can do their own marketing, people at best just employ a manager and pay the manager a fixed salary so that they don't have to share their profit with anybody and they don't take the entrepreneurship uh, role in marketing themselves. But if you are going to depend on somebody else putting up publicity for you, getting press for you for free, then uh, this thing has to work in both ways. Both, both, uh, both parties have to invest in each other. The other thing, uh, talking about artists not being willing to 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 come on um, board to the gallery. We have all kind of experiences. One of the things that I noticed, for example, eventually was that apart from those that just said from the start that they wouldn't uh, engage with us, which I respect, there are also a lot of artists, up to 30 of them, that came forward and sat with us and even some, as much as 30%, uh, as much as 70% signed agreements promised to deliver the artworks within a week or two and never turned up. It got to a point where I had to say, look, going forward, I'm not signing contracts until you bring 10 artworks to the gallery. But that was much later. But I, I didn't, I, I realized, it was later I realized that one, that locally, that a lot of galleries don't actually sign agreements. You are the one that will bring your artwork to the gallery. And when you bring your artwork to the gallery, the gallery will accept or otherwise. They don't. It's a, they don't, it's a handshake at most. They don't sign any agreements or anything. But, but, and I guess for some, some artists seeing me asking them to sign agreements, uh, they saw it as, wait hey, this guy doesn't know how this thing should run. I don't know. I, I don't really understand their thinking. I don't understand why as much as 70% of artists who came who came and signed agreements and promised to bring out work, they not but whatever was for them uh, one of the challenges that i also uh, faced was that um a lot of artists brought very low quality efforts when i i mean that's the only way I because one well, some of the artists themselves were not yet prepared. Some were students, and they just thought that, oh, there's this gallery taking artworks, and let, let me go there and shop my artwork. Art. And I, I realized that um, some of the works were not strong enough to even be in a, in a gallery, in my own opinion. But the the other one was that some of the artists had strong works but they only wanted to bring miniatures or like to our gallery or they only wanted to bring their weaker works or they only want to bring the artworks that they've taken to other galleries and then the other galleries were not able to sell them two or one or two years ago and those are the artworks that they were bringing to us now whatever was the situation those are i, I over a period of time i noticed that trend <laughs> Now um in the beginning I didn't mind to be frank because we are starting and we had a an empty uh, white cube <laughs> and um, if I had those those I took some of those uh what I will call let's call it uh, low quality efforts at works because I just wanted to have something on the wall so that when other artists come they will see something but later I be frankly, well, began hiding the low quality artworks. Because, uh, high quality artworks attract high quality artworks. When an artist who is accomplished and can do a lot comes to your gallery and sees low quality artworks, they don't feel as if this is where their artwork should be. Their artwork should not stand, in, stand beside low quality efforts. And so, and so eventually, you know, I learned by interacting with the artists of what i wanted and how to go about it when we started you could bring two three artworks and we'll hang it later we changed a minimum of five now i have minimum of ten and i started asking for people to be making commit to a multi-year commitment because that's the only way to make this thing work i i don't i want to have enough time to be able to sell your artwork and I um I believe that as a gallery, as a business, that it's not only that that uh we may not make money initially, but we need to be able to sell artworks. And that the more high quality artworks we have, the better it will be for us to um uh, move them. I also believe that um I don't need to have too many artists having a few artists that, you know, derive substantial revenues through us is more important than having many artists who are not committed to us. Anyway, so those are those, those are the things, some of the experiences or the things that I observed during the year uh, in interacting with the artists and interacting with the market. We talked with the artists. With regards to interacting with the market, uh, with the buy buyers. Uh, I think it's interesting that you know you ca- you don't they, they say uh, every business plan does not survive interaction with the with the customer. Uh, I think this is what's happened. When I started the gallery, uh, I didn't expect that more than seventy percent of our buyers would be women. I did not expect that. I did not expect that um, that also more than eighty percent of our buyers will be people buying gifts for other people. Also, I did not expect that. But that was the reality. And uh, these experiences, these observations, um, change my direction about where, about how to market things. Um, when you hear uh, people in the arts um, business talk, they're only talking about collectors, as, as if you know the collector is... Uh, Particular kind of uh, organism that exists in the world, and we are looking for it. Well, most of the time, we don't have collectors here. The artwork has utility to people in different ways. It has utility as interior decor. It has utility as a gift item. When you want to give a, a gift to somebody, that is priceless. That's the that's you know somebody you want to. What do you give to somebody? who has everything when it comes to money. You have to give the person something that has a value other under under than under monetary. And artworks are a good example. You find that on people's bad days or... You find out that, for example, giving somebody an artwork on his bad day or after a promotion or during a retirement party are just ways of giving people things that... When they look at it, they can't say they know it's beautiful, and they may even have an exaggerated uh, um, uh, idea of how much it costs, and it's usually inflated <laughs> much higher than what you bought. So, so, uh, I, I, so these are things that I notice only after, like I said, notice after um, interacting with the market but right now in the local market there are a few perceptions that i think create a difficult market for selling art one of them is the perception that art is for rich people that is not true you could probably get an original artwork in practically every price bracket less than 25 less than 50 less than 100 less than 250 less than 500 it, it what you look for in artwork that determines the price is what you are looking for in a particular kind of artwork that you want to And there are so many things. Um, one, the more popular the artist is, of course. Some artists are already on a regular selling their artworks in Europe, in the Americas. Such an artist values his artwork or artwork. In dollars, in foreign currency, and you know what that means for pricing in Nigeria. On the other hand, there are lots of artwork artists who are creating, well, who are able to create uh, several artworks every week and are able to churn them out. And they may not have popular name, but they are still creating beautiful quality work. Something that if you put in a corner of your house or in your living room or in your study will, will inspire, you know, and beautify. So there are, there are lots of artwork of reasonable prices that anybody can afford. In fact, there's, there are artworks that you could buy for a teenager, and the teenager will appreciate it. And so, art does not have to be expensive. A lot of the uh, the, the the part of the art market that is expensive, that deals with the hype, are basically the secondary markets, the auction markets. And they are, that, that's less than two percent of the whole art market. So it's it's ridiculous thinking about that. If you really want to appreciate what the art market looks like, just go to Lekki and go to the Jack on the Art Market and see the variety of arts that you can do there. I tell you, you could go there and find something that you can get with twenty thousand naira, and to look beautiful. But make sure you go with your eyes. <laughs> That's that. Um, then there's a second perception, limited, uh, related to the first perception that art is for rich people. And that is that art is a scam. There's this idea where people talk about that, you know, you take a painting and one person buys, says this, bought it for one million, and another person comes and says, oh, it is worth five million. And so they look at it as if, oh, it's just a scam. Part of the idea of this scam is this. I've had artists tell me that, you know, if you have connections, you know, in financial institutions or whatever, uh, you could get somebody in the uh, financial institution to bring five million, so that we all share money. The the idea being, you know, that the artwork is worth a lot less, but because financial institutions are paying for it, they are ready to pay more, and because they are paying more, it is enough for corruption and for bribes. This idea that the art business is a scam is dangerous and it's because, and it needs to be killed because if this impression keeps going on, uh, corporate investors in art will start looking at it with more scrutiny. But what makes an artwork worth 5 million? What makes it worth 10 million? I'll tell you what should make an artwork worth 5 or 10 million. One, the pedigree of the artist. Two, the fact that the art work, whether it has been resold, severely, and there is documentation of the prices that it was sold at. I mean, if something was sold at, I don't know, five hundred thousand or uh, fifteen years ago, if you are selling it now, as even using the time value of money, you can now appreciate that that artwork should be more expensive. But a situation where everybody thinks that oh they could just do something in one day, and based on connection and umamadu, it becomes something that they sell for millions is—they're right, just dreaming, and it's not true. The art market is not a scam. Most, uh, regardless of whatever price you call your art, the real price of the art is the price in which customer is willing to buy, and if you sold if you are able to even achieve a scam on resale, that scam will be unrealized. Because you need to get to for every sale you need to get two people who believe that this art is worth exactly this price. Uh I've mentioned the Jack and the third thing I, I, I would like to mention is the Jack the market effect. The truth of the market is that the truth of this is that the while the art market uh, does not have um you don't have perfect information, but which market has perfect information. However, people who are really interested in the art market, they go into several places to see prices and they can compare. And what I found is that even if you don't sign, even whether or not you sign your artwork or you use different signatures, by looking at artwork you can't even see the signature of some artists in what they do. I've seen artists come and bring artworks to me in the gallery and say this artwork should be sold for 500000 naira. Then I go to Jack on the Market and I, as I'm going around, I see an artwork. I say, this artwork by the same artist, X, Y, Z. And this artist's artwork in Jack on the Market is being sold for 100000 but But it feels that because I am in a gallery and I have air conditioner, I should be willing to sell for half a million. I should be willing to uh, take the artwork for half a million. What happens, therefore, is that the people in Jack on the Market are probably getting more sales because some people have budgets and it's, it's the same artist that is seen and the same quality of work. Why should the one in the gallery sell five times more because they have AC? It's ridiculous. The other thing that is happening is that since a lot of people who buy old are in the market are professionals like interior decorators and co. Cool, those interior decorators go to markets like Jaconde and then they come to your gallery and they are a business. Why would they, what's their own profit margin if the artworks in the gallery are overpriced? So those are some of the things that uh, I noticed about, I will call it the Jaconde market effect, where especially around lucky axis you could be going on the road and you see an artist or Somebody who's close to an artist, who knows the artist, taking a, an original piece of artwork that's looking very fine, and holding up in traffic like it's gala, and saying, uh, "Buy this artwork; it's just thirty thousand, just 25000 And the same artist artwork by the same artist is being sold, uh, you know, elsewhere f- for two hundred and fifty. It doesn't make sense. There, when the 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 situation is such that. It, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Of course, uh, you could be scammed in the traffic. Uh, somebody could try and pass off something else for you. That is what happens when you buy things in the traffic. Also, I've noticed that majority of the people who sell art in the traffic are actually selling prints. Also, but... When you talk about uh, things, you have to realize that people's perception is their reality. A lot of people who buy or who see ads in the traffic, assume that is the same thing as the original artwork they see in the gallery. So they are confused. Where somebody can stay in the traffic of in Admiralty Way and say uh, buy this artwork for thirty k, and then you now go in the gallery and you see something similar for three hundred k. Similar, as I say, in in the eyes of the beholder. Uh, the other, th- some other things I noticed was that generally a, a lot of artists were unwilling to be part of the marketing efforts. It, it's funny how when you want to, initially it seems as if the artist doesn't want to give their artwork to you. You have to talk to them and convince them of how you're marketing them, how you're going to market them. But the moment they bring their artworks and they get it to the gallery, to get them to come out to the gallery is like they are too busy. They don't have time for it. It's like the the garbage is a storage for, <laughs> and they, they, whenever you tell them that oh we're having this exhibition, would you like to turn up, or we're oh, we're having this corporate uh, claim, will you like to be around? They are like, well, why do I need to be around? That's your job. You do the marketing. And initially I didn't understand, but now I've have, I've have taken us no more. so those are those are the the some of the experiences i've I've noticed and the summary is that uh, selling out can be quite difficult it's not as easy as that on the other hand well it's 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 satisfying to be surrounded by so much beauty and every sale that you make you know you are doing something that benefits several people you are benefiting the artist by paying and enabling them to to earn an income doing what he loves you are benefiting the buyer because you are giving them some you are you are giving them something beautiful to take home something that for many years after they will always be happy that they had a purchase and then you are helping to create a marketplace so so those are so the, those are the things that I notice, and it's very gratifying it's a gratifying you know Activity, personally, Um, of course that is why. But it is um, sometimes it is not as uh, profitable as some people expect, and that is why a lot of people who go into the gallery are doing it as a hobby or something they love. It's not their primary source of income. It's it's and that is that, and that is okay. Once you know that what something excels. It should not be hard for you to 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 walk around that to know that yes this is not my it's not going to be my primary source of income but i do it because i love it and if you do it properly you even break even or even make some profit you can be lucky too <laughs> um, I, 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 now so anyway these are my experiences at the end of the year, I will say that right now we have about 15 very strong artists. We have very strong collection of artworks. And many of those artworks are affordable art that I believe, you know, uh, the average Nigerian professional can afford. Also, uh, during the year, we've had opportunities to partner with uh, several uh, businesses who are into the interior decoration business. And we've partnered with them uh, some of them are individuals, some of them are companies but we've partnered with them and I look forward to do more business with them because they provide a more sustainable and uh, repetitive uh, business uh, this conversation of course is I would like to make this open-ended but I'm sure that some of these opinions that I have now are just based on some of the things I know now and that I have been wrong before and that in 3 or 5 years time I will know much more I would like I'm putting this on the documentation here because I would like to come back and see some of the opinions that I have now, some which would change over the next five years. If you're also interested in arts, if you're if you ever bought arts, or you've you are involved in the gallery business, or as an interior decor, or you just have your own opinions, I would like to talk to you. So please, um, you can always uh, you know send me an email uh email at uh, com, and I would like to even have a discussion with you on this podcast so everybody is invited so thank you for listening to this longest episode of the death festival podcast uh, my name is Monofalo uh hopefully next week there will be another episode I will keep doing this throughout the year thank you for listening to death festival have a great week. Ahead.